Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quick apology, sorry this episode is a little bit late. Um, I have over the past couple of days been recording stuff for a tribute to Pete, which is going out on the new Virgin Radio on Sunday evening at nine o'clock, so that's eaten a lot of my time. But I I feel a little bit torn, and it'd be interesting to hear from Drifters what you think. On one hand, because of the lockdown and social distancing, most of us... Uh, uh, living in this weird phase where time isn't what it once was. Uh, So, you know, to me, it doesn't make much difference if the podcast comes out um, like at midnight on a Tuesday or halfway through Wednesday or whatever. But I would be interested to hear from people who feel like we're ruining their routine. Mm, Yes, because then then we'll just carry on as normal, but we feel more guilty. Guilty. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to seem like a great guy just to show that I am thinking of... (laughs) Yeah. Thinking of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, how how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. I'm getting out um, twice a day. In fact, oh, I'm calling the police. What do you mean twice a day? Oh, because you're going to work. Yeah. No, no, not that. It's it's that. I mean, three times if you count that. But oh. um, I've I've been like doing my state mandated exercise every day, which involves going for a walk. Good, yeah. And then I've been going out under the cover of darkness and vandalizing 5g masts <laughs> does that does that count like as, as an approved walk does it that, uh, and also, so. yeah yeah because everyone's is, doing it what's wrong with people i don't know i think people have got too much time on their hands <laughs> i'm gonna smash up a transmitter yeah yeah <laughs> oh um and and, and you know, I was thinking as well, I don't know if you've watched much TV, but you've got, you're in this situation now and on radio where a lot of presenters are broadcasting from their own homes. Did you see any of Have I Got News for You on Friday? Do they do it from their own homes? Yeah, I'm not, not sure it was entirely successful, but, you know, you, you appreciate the, you know, the effort that went into it. But there's, there's a lot of credit being given to these people for broadcasting from their own homes. And hmm. we've, we've done that with a podcast since day one from my house. So yeah. where, some, where was that credit? Where's that credit? Why aren't yeah. we getting some of that credit? And, you know, much as I would like to claim to be some kind of innovator, I mean, 
20 odd years ago, Noel Edmonds was broadcasting from his house every week in Crinkly Bottom. <laughs> he was a real trailblazer. Like, this really was in so many ways. New. But I think, I think we can rest assured that Noel Edmonds, in his own head, knows exactly how much of a trailblazer he was. Oh, very much so. <laughs> very, very much so, yes. Are you, um, are you at all worried about the aftermath of all this? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> You're not worried about it being the, the greatest depression, economic depression the, the planet has ever seen? I'm getting my clothes raggedy in preparation. Like, well, well, I had a question about that, actually, oh, which, on, which is, yeah. so, you know, you see pictures from the Great Depression and people are so poor that they have to wear a barrel which is held up by, <laughs> by braces. My, I, do, my, I do know my, what you my, mean. Yeah. My question is, do you have to do that as soon as the depression starts? Right. Or are you allowed to wait until your regular clothes have gone too raggedy to wear them <laughs> before you start wearing a barrel? I'm thinking now I need to buy a barrel in preparation because there's going to be a big rush on barrels. I'll tell you what, I mean, I haven't really got anything to invest, but if I did, I'd be investing in barrels and braces. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can I take something awful that has happened here this week? Very much so. Yes, please. Yes. So like a lot of people, one of the ways in which my wife is managing her anxiety is by doing obsessive spring cleaning. Oh, okay. Yep. Right. And the other day, she decided to clear out her office. Okay. In her office is the family printer. Okay. She considers the printer and generally objects of technology to be my domain, but the home has always been her office. Okay. And I tend to not need to print that many things out. But she is constantly asking me to print things out for her, which gets my back up. Right. Do you understand? Yes, yeah, so but you get irritated by it. The, the, the constant yeah, because demands, it's, it's, yeah. you know it's not difficult to do, and usually the reason she's unable to print something out is she's forgot to switch the printer on or something daft like that. And yet okay. I'm constantly playing IT support, <laughs> even though I know nothing about printers or IT. Okay. Yeah. So a while ago, she asked me to print something out, and uh, I went to look what had gone wrong, and there was some kind of paper jam in the printer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about printers. I don't know how to clear a printer jam. I just, I don't, I just, I've got no idea. Mm-hmm. So I had a little bit of a fiddle around with it, but I got so frustrated, I just stopped. And then I said to her, well, I don't know what's going on. You're trying to print something out. One of the pages has got stuck. It's ruined the printer. <laughs> right. And she said, well, do we have to get a new one then? I think I said, I think we probably do. So, because of a paper jam, I ordered a brand new printer. You did not. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that. But okay, but that I didn't know what bad. to do, okay. and she wasn't good. I couldn't fix it, and she wasn't. Basically, neither of us were willing to put in the time or the effort to un- unjam the paper. Okay. And and in a fit of pique, almost like I was teaching her a lesson, although I'm not quite sure what that lesson was, mm-hmm. I ordered a new printer. Okay. So for the last couple of months, we've been in a situation where there is the broken, in inverted commas, printer on the floor of her office. Right. And then sat on the desk is this new printer. I'm thrilled you just kept the old one. <laughs> thrilled. Well, yeah. yeah. Because again, I feel like I think if you were talking to her, she would think it's technology is my domain and also it's heavy and I should be the one 
getting rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel slightly resentful that I've been made the IT support guy and okay. it's heavy and I don't want to carry it downstairs. So we got into this kind of standoff over it. <laughs> okay. Fast forward to this week yeah. when during the lockdown she's doing the obsessive uh, cleaning of her office and she says, so, so can that old printer just be thrown away then? And I, I feel really guilty about a somewhat expensive and really perfectly fine printer that just has some paper jammed in it being thrown away. Mm. So I say, look, why don't you put it out on the street mm -hmm. um, with a sign on it saying <laughs> work, working laser printer, um, brackets, paper jam, uh, please take. Okay, yeah. So I make the sign. She she carries it down to street level, <laughs> of course, yeah. And then that's that. It's it's over and done with. Um, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's gone to a good home, right? Later that same evening, she comes down, sort of ashen faced, yeah. And she's carried on with the spring cleaning of her office, yeah. And she has found the paper tray from the printer. Right. So obviously, like, while I was trying to fix it, I'd taken the tray out to try and uh, unblock it and never put it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we both now feel awful because somebody has found this printer and in good faith oh. read that note and thought, oh, see, it works perfectly well. They've taken it yeah. they've, and it's really heavy. They've carried it all the way home. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's completely unusable because it has no tray, tray to load paper into it. So what have you done? Nothing. What would you do? I've, oh. I've gone for the port protocol. No, no, it's so obvious. You, <laughs> you put the tray out and say, "Dear," put a sign on it saying, dear person who took the printer, here is the tray. I forgot it before. So I've given that, that I, I, I have given that some thought. Yeah. And I just assumed, A, it'd be unlikely that the same person would walk past. Oh. And B... Yeah, knowing what people are like round here, somebody will just see it and think, oh, I'm having that. <laughs> somebody completely different will just think, I'm having that, it's free. A, a paper tray for a printer you don't own? Honestly, people will, people will take anything. No. But yeah. I think you should do it just because it's a nice story for everybody. People will go past and go, oh, I remember that printer. How funny. <laughs> They're leaving the tray out now. <laughs> like it's going to amuse people. I think you should just do it anyway. As, as a, to keep public spirits up in, time, yes. in times of coronavirus. It might, but in it the might... same way as like people are putting window, rainbows in the windows. Exactly. And it might make it onto your community's Facebook page or WhatsApp group or whatever it is. It, you know, oh, become a story. And that's, you know, the dream, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. Great. Is it looking on the old email then, Annabelle? Is it, yes. Is it dropped off a bit? Are, people, are we still hearing from people in lockdown? We were talking yes. about this last week. You thought maybe it just slowed to a trickle. No, it's. it's I'd say it was uh, trickling in nicely. Okay. Which is good. What more can we hope for than a nice trickle? A heavy flow? The, yeah. No, well, no not, not in these turbulent times. Medium so, flow. I mean, stop saying flow. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is from Lizzie. 
She says, I was 17 and was doing four weeks work experience at a preschool music group. I was absolutely loving it. It was my first taste of work and responsibility. And I love chatting with the parents who came because age 17, it made me feel very grown up. My confidence was building and the job was going really well. During this time, my mum gave me a snack at home. It was so delicious. I still remember it today. It was some creamy textured cheese with a few dried apricots in it. It was exquisite and became my new obsession. Then one day at work, one of the mums came in with two children, one of whom was eating a piece of the exact delicious cheese I was so enthusiastic about. Me, having my newfound confidence in talking to people, said something along the lines of, Oh, wow, she's eating my favourite snack. I had it for the first time the other day and it was just about the most delicious thing I've ever eaten. It. I just love it. Yum, 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 yum. The lady looked at the snack, looked confused, looked at me, eyebrows raised and said, a rice cake. On closer inspection, the child was, in fact, not eating the amazing cheese, but was indeed eating a humble rice cake. The lady thought I was enthusiastic about a rice cake, surely one of the most boring of all snacks. I then had two choices. I could either explain that I initially thought the snack was, in fact, a piece of delicious cheese, or I could pretend that, yes, I really was this enthusiastic about a humble, tasteless, pointless rice cake. (laughs) I decided that the first option would be too long-winded, so I chose the latter and simply said, yes, I just love them. (laughs) She must have gone away thinking what a weirdo I was, who must have had such a sheltered life being so enthusiastic about a rice cake. I've never forgotten this moment, and funnily enough, have never been able to find the delicious cheese again. A tragedy. Well, if anybody is aware of cheese that looks like a rice cake. <laughs> yeah, which is crumbly, but yeah. has got apricots in it. Please we'd, we'd pass on the... Clear up that little mess, mystery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is from Lisa on the subject of petty revenge that we were doing a few weeks ago. Yeah. My husband insists that you have to take the tea bag out of a brewed cup of tea before adding the milk, as it tastes worse if you add the milk with the bag still in. So if he has annoyed me and I'm making a cup of tea, I add his milk before I take the tea bag out. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't notice as there is no difference. Petty <laughs> and pointless. I enjoy watching him drink it, knowing I am right. That's great. I mean, I, I was of a similar opinion to your husband. And then sort of apropos of nothing earlier this year, I started putting the milk in while the tea bag was still. And after it stewed for a bit, you've got to let the boiling water, you know, get it to 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 stew but Mm. um it does it makes no difference whatsoever at all and i feel like i wasted 46 years of my life well at least you know now and this last one's from Emma in New Zealand. Probably not 46. I wasn't, you know, really drinking tea as a three-year-old, for uh, example. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. But, you know, Thank, you do the Thanks maths. for clearing that up. Yeah. Sorry, who, who, was, who was this from? <laughs> it's from Emma in New Zealand. I've had some corker drifter moments in my time, but this is without doubt the worst. I'm not sure which category it comes under, but it makes me cringe so much when I think about it that it should probably be in the just don't bother leaving the house category. A few years ago, I went travelling with a friend in Vietnam. One evening, we were sat out the front of a questionable-looking bar, happily sipping away on our cocktails. The tables were packed in quite tight, and the two of us were sat next to a large group of young travellers. My friend was sat opposite me, and we chatted away, vaguely aware of the group next to us, but not really paying them attention. There was then a lot of movement, as the group all got up to go inside and play beer pong. 
I was aware that there was one guy who was left sat directly next to me to make polite conversation. I turned to him and said, you don't fancy joining them for beer pong? As I came to the end of my sentence, I realised with horror what I had just done. This guy had a birth defect. He had no hands and short arms. Oh. Yes, that's right. I just asked a man with no hands oh. if he was going to play beer pong. Oh. Of all questions to ask, why did it have to be that? I was horrified. He was probably thinking how insensitive a question and how little tact this girl has. Needless to say, he handled it a lot better than me. Whilst I sat going bright red and waiting for the floor to swallow me, he replied, nah, they don't let me play anymore. I always end up beating them. Great. A good re- yeah, great. great answer. A good <laughs> reminder to us all not to attempt small talk with strangers. <laughs> Uh, please do help us uh, to turn that trick- trickle into a heavy flow. Stop uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can email us uh, your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Campbell, let's have another uh, way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. The lockdown weeks slash months slash years. So... Our house is out of quarantine now, which means that we can go to the shops again, which is good because you may remember that the only things I panic bought were Bendix vitamins, kitchen roll and ibuprofen, none of which were particularly useful as it turned out. So we had to have the neighbours leave bananas and milk on the doorstep and just eat what we had in the cupboards and fridge, which by the end was very, very little. So once we were allowed to, I nominated myself to go to the shops and I wouldn't normally, but it was exciting to leave the house. Now, before I tell you what happened, I want you to bear in mind that we went into quarantine nearly a week before lockdown. So I was quite out of the loop with what was going on at the shops. I'd seen a few photos on Twitter of empty shelves, but my neighbour had been recently and she'd walked straight in and got everything she wanted apart from flour. Incidentally, what is everyone doing with all the flour they're buying? Like, surely it's just (laughs) sitting in cupboards. It feels like 2020 is this terrible year for humans, but this fantastic year for weevils. Like, this is their (laughs) year. It will go down in history as their belle epoche. (laughs) So whenever I'm feeling sad, I'm going to think about how great things are for weevils right now. Anyway, this is all background to try and justify what happened. Basically, I wasn't really fully aware of what was going on. Plus, I was a bit giddy and maybe slightly overwhelmed about being outside for the first time in two weeks. So I go to the supermarket and I could see some people around, but there wasn't a big queue. So I congratulated myself on picking an excellent time to arrive. And I felt very smug as I got my trolley. I then pushed my trolley in through the entrance and the security guard held his hand up at me. So I just thought, oh, it's full right now. I just need to wait for one more person to come out. So I stood by the entrance and I'm kind of in my own world at this point. Like it is quite overstimulating being out when you've been home for two weeks. But after a short while, maybe a few minutes, I do become more aware of a person a couple of metres to my right, like to my right, but a bit behind me. And they're standing there with an empty trolley. And it takes me another minute or two to have this terrible dawning realisation that I think they were there when I started queuing and I've actually pushed in front of them. But they haven't said anything and the man at the door hadn't said anything. So maybe we kind of arrived at the same time. Right. But there's still this niggling fear that it's a far worse situation than this. So I forced myself to look behind me properly and I can see for as far as I can see and then going round a corner, a very, very long line of people, two metres apart, queuing oh, for this supermarket. Oh, oh. And I've just brazenly jumped straight to the front of this queue. Like your J-Lo <laughs> arriving at a nightclub. <laughs> I, exactly. 
say? What must they have thought of me? And why did nobody say anything? I think it was so unbelievable that somebody would do this. They assumed I must be waiting for somebody or something. <laughs> so what I do now is I emit a weak, oh, and then I push my trolley away and down the line with the idea that I'm going to join the back of it. But about halfway down, I can't cope with the way people are looking at me and I'm so embarrassed that I put my trolley back and I go home to completely empty cupboards and fridge and I don't get back in until two days later. Oh. We were very hungry. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What have you, uh, what have you been watching in lockdown? Well, I finished Succession last night, finally. It took you about you you watched up to episode nine of the second series and, and yeah. then it no exaggeration it took you about six weeks mm-hmm. most and and for a considerable chunk of that time you've been either self isolating <laughs> or just like the rest of us being in your own house social social distancing yeah, it's yeah. an hour's it's an hour's t v show why did it take yeah. you so long to to find an hour Okay, no exaggeration, because it's a joint TV programme, both me and Tom are watching it. No exaggeration, we haven't watched a TV programme together for three to four weeks, because he just sits and plays online poker every night. Is he, is he, I mean, is that his main source of income at the moment, or expenditure? <laughs> no, he's told me that it's just like play money, it's not real, but I'm, and I've, oh, as I, I said, I've chosen to believe that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just go, when Rudy goes to bed, I just go to bed with my book. Is he, not doing, lady. is he not doing? Is he not doing any pro bono work at the moment? <laughs> he doesn't even have any pro bono work. I'd be glad for him to have pro bono work at this stage. Oh. Uh, did yeah. you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I did fall asleep at the end because we watched it in bed. Oh, I know, but I was so tired. Um, but yeah, I thought it was amazing. So did you not see the ending? Yeah, no, I sort of woke up to like I fell asleep for like a few minutes and then I kind of oh. jerked awake and saw the last bit. I know, I hate myself, but yeah, I thought it was amazing. I could not be married to you. Oh, and God, for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one very valid one. <laughs> yeah. If if I get any sense that Sarah is dozing during a joint TV show or something we're both watching, I'm like looking over constantly and then I'll go, well, shall I just turn it off then? And she's going, no, 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 I'm, I'm watching it. I'm getting a second wind and I'll get really frustrated if I see her eyes going again. Because like it's, it, as you say, it's a shared, it's a shared show. It's a yeah. shared experience. And, it's and fine when if you want to sleep, it's fine if you want to sleep, but don't don't muscle through. Yeah, I feel I feel bad because I I think I quite often do it, and I'm always pretending that I'm not doing it because it's like this terrible thing. So I wasn't I wasn't no. Asleep. The terrible thing is the pretending. Just being oh, honest right. about it, it's fine because okay, we'll turn mm. it off. I'll watch something else. I just say things like, "I'm no, I'm just resting my eyes." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard it, heard it all before. You've heard it all before. Oh, oh no, I'm li- I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it. I was yeah. just, having a, I was just yeah. having a think yeah. was always one of mine. I was just having a think. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, 
Uh, okay, okay. Well, I don't know if I want to. I mean, not on the podcast. I mean, in real life. I don't know if it's worth talking to you about it because, like, these episodes they build, and it was the final of a series. It's got momentum, mm. and then you mm, just yeah. doze for the last fifteen minutes. It's terrible. Isn't in it? and out. Of, it is terrible. I'm going to watch. What I'm going to do is I'm going to watch it again on my own. What in six weeks' time? Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> on my own, I can. I can watch it on my own tonight. Okay. Have you been watching and have you seen any of that Tiger King thing yet? No, that because that's the next thing to go. That's the next thing we're going to watch. So that's the next thing I'll have to pretend to be awake for. All right. Well, I'll ask you about that at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, what What has your son been watching? Oh, well, he's mainly obsessed by Peter Rabbit, but he also is quite into dinosaurs at the moment. So anything mm-hmm. with dinosaurs. What about Gene? Well, the other day he announced, he just went, Daddy, I know yoga poses. What? What from? And I just thought this this is a nonsense. This kid doesn't know yoga poses. This this isn't a kid who would be sort of adept at yoga. Mm. He, he's like me in that respect. He really is his father's son. Um, but sort of off the back of that, I put on this thing which is on YouTube called Cosmic Yoga for Kids. I've heard about this, and it turns out like he he knows in inverted commas all these different yoga. Um, poses and moves and stuff because I think they do this cosmic yoga at nurseries it turns out oh he hasn't been going to evening classes or anything on his own (laughs) right (laughs) but I became very interested in it because it's uh, a British woman who my researchers told me was you know somebody who'd formerly been to drama school and the acting hadn't worked out for them so they started making these yoga videos for kids and did pretty well out of it you know was getting a few hundred thousand views and so on and then because of the lockdown Uh, they're now getting millions of views well i'm i'm thinking now i'm gonna have a go at it so see if rudy likes it but the the problem with it is is she has based a lot of her videos on big hollywood franchises like star wars or trolls or harry potter or whatever Right. I'm imagining if you're just getting like a few thousand views, they're not going to come after you. Uh... But I'm worried about her now. I'm worried that, you know, the Hollywood moguls are going to close her down. Oh, that that'd be gonna... so cruel. In these difficult times, no. I know. I sometimes think that. Do you know if you ever go to the travelling fair in the uh, in the park? Mm. And they've got like the Dodgem cars or some kind of merry-go-round. And it has, you know, um, big paintings of the Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like every famous character you can think of. Yeah. Thinking, Are those fairground rides really paying the licensing for all these <laughs> world-famous characters? Yeah, it's unlikely. Although so quite often they have paintings of like Buddy Holly and Marilyn Monroe on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah james dean he's always on there yeah, too. yeah 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 um so we've been doing i say we've been doing he's been doing his cosmic yoga for kids and i've been sitting on the sofa i did try to join in and i just got so winded <laughs> for about two minutes that i just gave up and does he get into it does he do it for more than two minutes yeah you know the, oh, wow. the, the, some of them are, i mean some of them are long but he tends to do quite well with ones that are about 20 25 minutes and there'll be points at which he just sits on the floor and watches it and then i'll say gene get up do do that frog pose please stretch your arms out (laughs) because what i want to feel like is that it's valuable exercise time and not just me plunking my kid in front of youtube so if i sit there barking instructions at him and make sure he moves his body Mm. i don't think it counts as screen time no oh i've got this thing where i don't think the ipad counts as screen time 
That think is an interesting, it's, it's, it's that's an interesting theory. It's separate. So when he watches television, I kind of tot it up and I think no, no more than two hours are so bad. No, but, you no, know, no. It obviously goes over that. Yeah, um, yeah. But then I don't, I don't add an iPad. That's, that's separate. And is, but when, when you're factoring in the iPad, is there a separate amount of time or is it just a free for all? That's just free for all because it's educational. It's like going to school. <laughs> you can do nine hours. It's just school. This is, this is only lockdown. He didn't even use the iPad before lockdown. <laughs> We're the same. Like uh, uh, Gene only ever saw an iPad on train or plane journeys and now Mm-mm. it comes no. out for no, an hour a day. Now it's like his granny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, I'll sit next to him. He's just using this thing. And I'll occasionally say things like, oh yeah, that's the letter Ah, ah is for ant, and then I feel that I'm engaged with it, and it's not just yeah. screen time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all okay. totally fine. Um, we we spoke to Sarah's brother the other day, my brother-in-law, and he was saying mm-hmm. that his kids had watched The Lion King. Oh yeah, and spoiler alert i mean i've never seen the lion king i've never seen it i'm gonna watch it through. soon well, oh you're well, gonna you're gonna do spoiler quite, no one of the inciting incidents is the the cub simba like very mm. early on in the film his dad dies and that's how he okay. becomes the lion king okay he's a, he's a prince okay. right? uh i don't think that's a, a spoiler alert but no, you're allowed to say that anyway so so sam was telling us that one of his boys in particular was inconsolable when the daddy died and he had to go out of the room and it had to be turned off and the other boy was sad and it was just this you know, harrowing thing for them because they loved their dad so much. Seeing a daddy die in a film was, was just awful. Aww. So I thought to myself, right, I'm going to show Gene the Lion King. <laughs> because you want him to be sad and yeah, love you yeah, dying. I to, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it gets to this scene and, and the dad dies. I won't reveal the circumstances. Mm. Doesn't bat an eyelid. No. Nothing. Not even, I mean, the sad music. No. Yeah. Doesn't love you, does he? (laughs) So. So Rudy, he's not one for books. Like he's never Mm. really like been very interested, but recently got out of this book called Owl Babies. Have you ever read the book Owl Babies? No. So the, but basically the story is, is that there's a mummy owl and there are three baby owls and they all live together. Then one day the babies wake up and she's gone and they're really kind of, they're trying to be sort of quite stoical about it at first. And then they start getting a bit worried and eventually they get a bit upset and then she comes back and it's all fine. And Rudy is obsessed by this. And I think it's because he is so sick of me that he has his fantasies <laughs> about me disappearing and then not coming back for ages. We spend so much time together now that he's like, oh, God, I just wanted to go, go, go. You know what I'm going to do? Mm. Next time his mum goes to the shops mm. uh, without us, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to fake my own death. <laughs> that will show him. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'll just lie there on the floor, see if he starts going, Daddy, Daddy, no! <laughs> that's a great idea. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Time for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in my socially distanced problematic. We need to come up with a name for your spare room. Yeah, I'm actually in the living room at the moment. Um, Yeah, we'll have to think of something. Yeah, but I mean, I think we should just make it your spare room because it gets confusing if we have to have a different name for every every room of your house. But any suggestions, please do send them in. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Who's the first one from? It's from LL. Cool J. Uh, No, I think it's just LL, not Cool J. Okay. 
I have been finding myself in a driftery situation with the six foot social distance protocol that I'm sure others might also need advice on. I often go out for a walk or a shuffle. We can't really call it a run. And just yesterday, there was so much room available all around me. Yet this young male runner found it necessary to run within two feet of me. What kind of thing is that? I am torn. Do I yell out? Stay away. Stranger danger. Or just a simple six feet, bro. Of course, I said nothing because I'm a drifter and willing to assert myself even in a probable life endangering situation. Now, I think this has been something that people have been saying about people getting too close. So we need some kind of rule of what to do. Hmm. What is there anything that you're doing in this kind of situation? I mean, I think I told you last week I am performing. Ah, Yes being such a great social distancer so well not that I'm doing it badly but you know it's all about the performance of what a great guy I am that I'm really going out of people's way at the same time as making eye contact giving them a friendly smile chastising my son for going too close to other people um is there any kind of circumstance at all any kind of mood you might be in where you might shout out six feet bro (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a, a child is a very good thing in this uh, situation because you can be passive aggressive by speaking to the child. I think I mentioned mm. this last week. Uh, so yes, if somebody's yes, too yes. close and, mm. and, you know, the blame is actually their fault, you can say to your child, oh, come away, please. Come away. We need to give people a bit of space. Make sure you give everybody plenty of space. And then yeah, what you're yeah. really doing is chastising the other person. But, of course, you know, yeah. yeah. And if you're on your own, I think maybe what I might do is kind of try and sort of push myself up like face up against a wall that might get the message across. yes yeah 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 i'll tell you what i've been doing a little bit of is you know when you see people in prison films escaping for prison and then the the the, you know they're trying to get over the walls and the searchlight is looking for them (laughs) and then they sort of really press themselves against the wall i'm I'm doing a, a little bit of that Yep. Okay, great. So either you say something passive aggressive to the person you're with, ideally a child, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't need to have a child. If you're on your own, you press yourself up against a wall like you're a prisoner escaping. Great. Mm. There we go. There's the rules. That was sorted easily. Okay. Let's move on to Sarah then. She says, this is something that I've been pondering for some time and I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me sooner to get the definitive answer from the GLAP clinic. When we're not in coronavirus lockdown, I spend a lot of time travelling between meetings with quite a heavy rucksack on my back. Not sure if the on my back is necessary. She'd probably taken that as a given when I said rucksack. Anyway, my question is this. If I need to use a public toilet or a toilet in a Starbucks, etc., and there's no hook on which to hang my rucksack, which is more hygienic to wee with my rucksack on my back or to put it on the toilet floor? For the avoidance of doubt, I'm a woman that sits down to pee. Please advise. Well, I would have thought it's definitely um, keeping your rucksack on. Because people aren't sort of smitten. I know like particles uh, can, of excrement can go up into the air when you flush a toilet and stuff. But people aren't by and large smearing themselves against the back of a toilet. Whereas the floor is just dirty. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. The floor is... But why is the floor dirty? Well, think about where people's feet have been. Okay. Everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. I think about where there's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of 
germs and awful stuff on the floor, like out and about. Yeah, so yeah. I, th- I think it's definitely the, the floor is the worst place. Mm, okay. I think right, I, you, I think I quite often put my bag on the floor. Now I'm thinking I'm well, disgusting. Well, so do I, but I mean, under no, no, normal circumstances, I am quite disgusted. I'll tell mm. you what, I've been amazed by that. I've never noticed hmm. my, um, my whole life. Yeah. Is that when you walk into a toilet, it's, it's, there's like a flat metal panel on the toilet door. This is in workplaces and bars and stuff. And then when you come out of the toilet, so you, so you just push it, in other words. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when you come out of the toilet it's a handle that you pull and and that's because you know when you're going into the toilet you can just push it and you don't have to use your hand and then when you're coming out of the toilet it's all right to use your hand because you should have washed it and you'd be nice and clean and and so should so should everybody else who's used that handle interesting Mm. does it doesn't solve our quandary though no no so I think it's fine, but I I don't. What's the issue with keeping it on your back? Like it might make it. If there's not much room to do your. It's not comfortable. But, it's not comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Well, but. What about putting it on your lap? Could you put it on your lap? Mm. Some people do. Um, you sometimes see tourists who are scared scared of muggers putting their rucksacks on the front. On their front, yes. Yeah. There we go on the front. Like it's there, your little your koala answer. baby. Yeah. When I went um, interrailing around Europe, which which I went on a coach instead of a train i don't i can't remember why i used to do that a lot have my rucksack on my front because that's what you do yeah well there, there you go is yeah, it, yeah. and is that because you're scared of um unscrupulous yeah, yeah 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 people slashing your rucksack and taking out like my dirty knickers i'm like i wouldn't have had any valuables in there but yes the people's you were told that people slashed them from behind okay well have we yeah. solved that then i think so yeah Great. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in socially distanced, problematic and whatever we end up calling Annabelle's spare room, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. We do hope you're doing all right in these very strange times. And as ever, it'd be lovely to hear from you. Send us a a message, hello at adriftpodcast.com with your story of social ineptitude, the things you've done in the past that uh, that all of a sudden will give you a a pang of embarrassment and anxiety, Um, bits of petty, passive-aggressive revenge. I think we we called it, didn't we? Uh, all this kind of stuff. Yes. Hello mm-hmm. at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Oh, um, Kim Rainey, I saw her emailed us. Yeah, she's I, got I, something I for, for um, our emails next week. Oh, lovely. Love Kim mm. Rainey. Uh, if you're wondering who's that, it's Kim who did the brilliant artwork for Adrift and Carla Gowlett took the photos. Uh, so another podcast next week, roughly the same time. I hope you don't mind us being just a, a, a little bit uh, less uh, regular than usual. Speaking of which, how, how are, are you regular bowel-wise? Keeping regular? Are you really asking her? Yeah, 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 just curious. Wow. Yeah, I'm totally normal. Thanks for oh, asking. Good to know, good to know. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to ask about you. Well, you know, it's a, you know, <laughs> it would be, it's a long con- always a long conversation with exactly, me. Exactly, yeah. All right, then, I'll finish this week by saying rice cakes. Yes, I, I just love them.
podication time. This comes from Dan, who says, Hiya, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. I'm writing from the past to request a podication for my future self. Let me explain. Uh, I was a fan of the radio show on Absolute and Virgin, and I listened to Home Time while in my office every single day until IPs outside the UK got blocked. Oh, yeah, we used to have like loads of listeners from around the world, and then all of a sudden they were worried that they'd have to start paying royalties on all the music we've been playing for years, oh, so they yeah. just switched it off, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, forgotten yeah. about that. The podcast was always fine, but it was uh, the, the, the streaming of the radio show. Nelson, our old producer, I don't know if you saw texted this morning saying that if a million people sign a petition, we should do a one-off home time show. <laughs> a million people? Yeah. And I said, um, like, it's, I think maybe they should all pay a pound each to cover the administrative oh, costs of doing good, so. Good idea, yeah. 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 Um, getting uh, cut off was terrible. I understand wanting to distance yourselves from us in the US at the time like this, but back then it was the height of the Obama years. <laughs> Everyone loved Obama. Uh, anyway, I found my way back and I can't tell you how happy I am to have found Adrift, being thrilled to discover Adrift and uh, being a bit of a completionist when it comes to my media consumption. I immediately embarked on a quest to listen to every episode, despite starting at the time roughly 115 episodes in the hole. That was about four weeks ago and i'm now 80 episodes in wow oh i think you need to take a few weeks off yeah he must be sick of us i know just think what his dreams are like oh um i had thought about waiting until i was caught up to astropodication as a sort of job well done cap to my efforts but however as of about today it's march 2019 in my adrift world i'm approximately 45 episodes and one year behind your adrift reality reaching this milestone i thought to paraphrase 2019 annabelle that's close enough (laughs) this has been an interesting experience as i listen to at least one episode per day Uh, It's been jarring at times to realise I'm effectively living in the past when that realisation lands. I vacillate between nice, nice word, Mm. uh, an irrational sense of superiority over the fact that I know what's going to happen in the past versions to the past versions of you that I'm currently listening to. Spoiler alert. The Hebden Bridge live show actually happens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm wondering how your current selves are reacting to the events that are taking place in our present timeline. What do Jeff and Annabelle think about coronavirus? How are Rudy and Jean doing? Did Jean's broken leg heal all right? I f- I'll find out sometime in April, which mm. at my current pace is when I should catch up with you and join in the present. Anyway... As I've been listening, various episodes have reminded me of my own social missteps and situations demanding an audience with a QCIPAATGC, Quandary Corner in Problematic at the Glap Clinic. Very nice. Um, I've been taking notes and hope to submit a few for review and hopefully inclusion in a future episode, but I'll wait until I'm caught up for that. In the meantime, I would like to podicate an episode in early April 2020 to myself from myself. Ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. Dan, you've been on a real journey, and while your dedication to completing such a task might be viewed as frivolous, unhealthy to some people, I understand it completely because we are literally the same person. If you're hearing this, it means you're very close to completing that journey, and I congratulate you, in brackets myself, on a job well done. (laughs) Welcome to the present. I love this. Uh, Jeff, Annabelle, thanks for the supremely average work. So glad to have rediscovered you. Uh, Looking forward to keeping up in real time. Dan, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Uh, 
baffling but but wonderful. Mm. So welcome, welcome back to the present time traveller Dan. And if you would like a podcast, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.